everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCARD Radio. I'm your pal, Val, and with me is the amazing Jason. Jason, how are you? I'm doing well, Val. How are you doing? Doing good. Did I say this is episode 37? You did now. <laughs> okay. This is episode 37. They're just uh, knocking them out there. And for all the new folks, uh, this is NASCAR Radio. We uh, This is where NASCAR and NASCAR trading cards meet. Uh, talk a little bit about NASCAR and then talk about their trading cards. Got a couple topics today, but we're going to jump into the race results for Phoenix. Uh, the Camping World Truck Series was off, so it was just the Xfinity Series and Cup Series. The Xfinity Series winner was Austin Sendrick followed uh, by the number two runner-up, which was the highest finishing rookie, Ty Gibbs. Uh, these two, I think it's going to come down to the championship with these guys. These guys are putting on a, a clinic. Austin Sendrick, uh, I was looking at his finishes for this year. He has two wins already and five top fives in six races. He's currently in the first position, and if you remember – he won the champ- Xfinity Championship last year, so he he is on a tear or finishing, I shouldn't say. He's continuing his run from last year. Uh, remember, he's running forward, and I think he's slotted for Penske in the future going to Cup. So he's definitely someone to look at if you're uh, you know wanting a new driver or or somebody to think about maybe. Um, starting to collect, or if you can find his cards for, uh, if you can find them on decent prices. And his rookie cards are in 2018. He's in pretty much uh, most of the flavors of Panini with the 2018 Donneros Phenoms. That's an insert set. Uh, But he has base cards in 2018, Panini certified. Uh, It's card number 80, and the different flavors of parallels, uh, like black and blue, gold, green, mirror black, mirror gold, mirror green, mirror purple, orange, purple, and red. I guess that's a pretty good rainbow right there. And then in 2018, Victory Lane is card number 33 and also different parallels. And I was just thinking with the 2018 of Victory Lane, uh, Haley Deegan's in there as well. So, Another reason, if you're opening 2018 Victory Lane, to keep an eye out for those Austin Cendric rookies. And then he's in Prism, but he's only in the signatures. So I guess when you're looking for Haley Deegan in the Prism, keep an eye out for those Austin Cendric signatures. But he seems like someone who is definitely destined for Cup and uh, is doing doing quite quite well. And then the number two finisher. The, Ty Gibbs, uh, he's another one that just seems to be doing very well. Um, like I said, he was a rookie. He's only run in two races, and he's finished first and second. So uh, I don't know how much more you can ask for a driver. And then his cards are in the 2020 Chronicles. So uh, pretty much, well, I was going to say it's just in Chronicles, but he does have signatures in the Prism, he does not have a base card in Prism. He's in that scripted signatures. But in the Chronicles, though, he's in, uh, and I know, Jason, that's one of your uh, favorite products, but it, like in Crusade, 
in the Phoenix subset, the Score subset, and the Spectra. And I don't remember, Jason, if you remember, like, so they have different kind of rarities maybe, right? Is, is Score more common or Spectra the high end? Um, this, I knew typically Spectra is the harder to get. I don't know if it's actually like a stated odds thing. Um, I'll try to look it up here real quick while you're talking. But I have seen uh, the Crusades and the Phoenix. Of course, if you collected score football in the late 90s, early, or late 80s, early 90s, that score, that's, uh, I got a weakness for those scores. Those are pretty nice. And, and there's the base score as well as blue, gold, purple, red, black, and then the score autographs as well. So I'm looking it up here. It seems like Spectra was the difficult um, base card, I guess you could say, um, because one of the advertised things was for a hobby box. You'd get two Spectra cards, and for a blaster, you'd get one. Um, and like you said, that was 2020. So, yeah, Spectra was definitely the harder pool for the base cards. Yes, he's one of those uh, guys, his cards are starting to move. Uh, they, I don't know, you know, it's always hard to talk about pricing because uh, with demand and everything else. But, you know, compare him to maybe Haley Deegan. Um, you know, his, his stuff is, you know, kind of underpriced. So I definitely can see uh, right now he's uh, doing quite well. And I guess I had, I wanted to mention this before, but he's racing in the Xfinity Series this year. So he's only raced two of the six races. Like I said, he has uh, a win and a top um, and a finishing second. But He's also running in the Arkham Menard series. Uh, they've run two races there, and he, he's basically won one of those as well. And then he raced in Arkham Menards last year. Uh, he ran 16 of the 20 races, and he won six of those races, finishing fifth in 2020 in Arkham Menard. So uh, he's definitely getting seat time and then going from Arkham Menards, kind of jumping truck and going right to Xfinity Series. So uh, he's definitely someone that you should uh, keep an eye out for. And if you you know see some of his cards cheap at a show or something uh, to pick them up, I think he's going to be uh, pretty pretty good. And then moving over to the Phoenix Cup winner, that was Martin Truex Jr., and the high, highest finishing rookie was Chase Briscoe. And so this is Martin Truex's first win this year. Kind of somebody locks him into the chase. 2021 uh, has been kind of the first part of the season here has been, you know, filled with a lot of new winners. Uh, if you would have asked me before the season started that, you know, Martin Truex would have won one of these first ones, I would have, you know, probably said yes, but looking over his finishes from like Daytona to Homestead to Las Vegas, he, he you know, has been getting better and 
with this win now at Phoenix, you know, it kind of gets that uh, monkey off his back, and, and I guess with that team gelling, that like I said, they're locked in. You know, having been the past champion before, so uh, it seems like they have righted the ship and have gotten their first win. So sometimes wins breed more wins. So we'll see if they're clicking. And I know we uh, we haven't talked about Martin Truex's cars this year, but uh, if you remember, he was in the 2004. He's in a couple of different sets in 2004. And 2004s are, are pretty good because you also have Kyle Busch rookies in 2004 and Clint Boyer. Uh, they're not all comboed in the same sets, but the 2004 wheels high gear, great, easy for me to say. And 2004 wheels high gear, he has only an autograph. In the press pass track side, he's got the base card and some parallels, as well as in the press pass Optima with a few different parallels and press pass stealth. The Optima I, don't, I like. I don't know if you've seen that one before. That's a white card he's wearing. Um, a yellow fire suit. I think it's maybe Oreos. Uh, those I got. I was able to get him to sign one of those, and, and that black sharpie. It looks really, really nice. And then I actually he, think. I was say, I actually think that's the one that I bought um, one time when we talked about him because it's pretty cheap. I mean, check out my cards. Has it for less than three fifty, and then the track side is the same. It's less than three fifty as well. So cheaper rookie card for somebody that you hear a lot about. He's kind of one of those. Um, he's always there, but he's not necessarily always on top, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, you bring make a great point where, you know, we were talking about Ty Gibbs and Haley Deegan, how much their cards are going for. And you look at a series champion, I believe as well as an Xfinity championship and a cup championship. And, his rookie cards are only a few do- a few dollars, and they're from 2004. And definitely, you know, their NASCAR trading cards are not produced at the same numbers at some of these other sports. And so, I'm sure Press Pass didn't have the presses running for all these 2004s. Right. So, you know, trying to find wax or trying to find um, the cards are, are difficult, and that's one of the reasons I like you know, checking my cards in some of those other places. We've talked about Beckett Marketplace and Sport Lots where you can pick up some of these cards and, you know, send them through the mail and as well as, you know, uh, collect them and that kind of stuff. So it always amazes me, and that's why I think NASCAR trading cards has a lot of value right now because you look at some of these other sports and rookies who either haven't played yet, you know, maybe in some other sports, and they're going for quite a bit of money as compared to the NASCAR where, like you were saying, Martin Jurex is, you know, less than five bucks for some of these cards. So. But he's destined for the Hall of Fame definitely because of the championship and and the number of wins. So, But that's it for Phoenix. They're racing in Atlanta this weekend, uh, and really everybody should be circling the following weekend. It's going to be at Bristol, and they're going to race on the dirt. So they brought in uh, a lot of play, and have put it down over the p- pavement uh, to make the track slick, and they're going to run a truck race, I believe Xfinity and Cup, 
I know definitely the truck race and the cup race, and a lot of the drivers are jockeying to get into the trucks for the truck race. Uh, Martin Truex, I think, comes to mind, as well as some of the other drivers, to get some seat time to learn as much as they can uh, before that race. So uh, that's going to be really cool race to watch. So I'm looking forward. So um, not this weekend with Atlanta, but the following weekend will be in Bristol with, with the dirt. I think it's the first time that the Cup Series has raced on dirt since 1970. You'll have to tune into that one, Jason. Yeah, that's just that's, it's weird to me that a sport would change, not necessarily change something, but do something that hasn't been done for, you know, 50 years or whatever it is. Uh, that's crazy. Well, they have been running other races there, lower-level stuff, so that they can learn about taking care of the dirt. Right. I used, right. I used to listen to, um, I think it was Driving with the Devil. Uh, it's a book, an audio book, and they mention you know, some of the pre-NASCAR uh, history, I guess as well as early NASCAR. So when you race on dirt, that's a whole other thing where they used to put some kind of chemicals and stuff down to try to keep the dust down. Because um, I guess when you went there, uh, everybody would be covered in, in dirt and dust. So, But, you know, managing it, and Tony Stewart ran... Uh, owned the Eldora track and they used to race the truck race there once a year in July and you know they learned how to kind of almost like cultivate it but you know watering it and, and handling it so that uh, it's a uh, that surface is, is good to race on so I'm sure you know with Bristol but to your point sometimes NASCAR will change the rules you know during the season and that was one of the things that I needed to I guess I got used to you know, I was used to, you know, like hockey and baseball and the rules, the rules, and they're going to change it. They're going to change it at the end of the year. But um, NASCAR, right. they will modify stuff, and they run different aero packages and st- stuff like that we don't really talk about on the show. But, um, you know, they change the spoiler at the different races for downforce and, and change uh, like I said, some of the stuff, and they run uh, like restrictors so that the, the cars can't go over certain speeds. Uh, so they don't get airborne and stuff like that at some of the super speedways. But they do kind of modify some stuff during the season, but it's, you know, meant for all teams. It kind of helps, I guess, the bigger teams. They have more resources to handle that kind of for the changes of stuff, but it might hurt some of the smaller teams. But but that's kind of the, yes. Well, no, actually I was going to, um, try to not necessarily move on, but I wanted to bring something up to you before I forgot. Um, and I don't know how much of it you got to see today, but the post-race fight uh, with Daniel Hemrick and Noah Gregson. First of all, did you see it? Um, did you see this today? I did not. Okay, so... Basically, I forget, I think it's Noah, Noah Gregson. I think he's the one that is conducting an interview, and Hemrick comes up 
and not necessarily like starts wailing on him, but it's, you know, a few seconds in and punches are thrown. And I mean, pretty full-blown, you know, full-swing punches, not like, you know, any, not like some pecs or anything like that. Um, I mean, there's, there's one where I think he missed, but if he had hit or made any contact, I think it would have been, you know, some major news um, outside of the sport. Uh, but NASCAR sometimes is known for fights, and sometimes the fans not necessarily encourage it, but kind of like when their driver gets fired up or, or you know, whatever, however you want to say it. Um, but in other sports, you know, sometimes let's say like with football, if you, you know, tackle somebody or score a touchdown and you do you'd like do a celebration or push somebody after the fact, after the play for protecting the quarterback or, you know, whatever, it's kind of thought of as dirty. So to me, there's a little bit of a difference. Um, I'm kind of wondering what your thoughts are, you know, what this does to, say, a driver, um, you know, earlier in their career, later in their career. Some guys are known for it, um, and I think and I think they play into it as well, you know, but what does this do for card values? Does it do anything? You know, I think if you look back to the 90s with the Pistons and then, Later with the Bulls, like Dennis Rodman, people loved it. But then you get guys that aren't popular and might do some of the same antics, and it's frowned upon. So I think there's some bias when it comes to, you know, popularity as well. But something like this for younger guys, does it seem to ever change card values or affect card values? Because I would guarantee that, there's going to be some suspensions or some races missed from what happened today. Yeah, I think, you know, it fires up some of the fans and sometimes fan, you know, fans like that and other fans, you know, don't like that. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. So he, he might, you know, they might gain some fans that, and it, you know, made me think of some of the other altercations with drivers, but usually, uh, you know, they'll say they get called to the hall to the hauler. So you know, NASCAR has their officials there at the track, and right. it used to be, you know, you go in front of Big Bill France and um, you know even Earnhardt and the rest of them. And you know, there's some sayings out there where you know Big Bill would tell them, you know, you're not bigger than the sport, and you know you can go back to doing what you were doing before you you know came to NASCAR. So I don't know. I don't think we've had this happen any time soon. There were some uh, things that popped in my head with Kyle Busch where he, you know, intentionally, I think it was intentionally wrecked somebody in the truck races, and he got parked for, I want to say, a few weeks at least, Um so I have not seen it. I don't know, you know, how bad it was. Right. So, but so yeah. But NASCAR, you know, will definitely hand out suspensions or whatever. And I can't remember if 
if that's something they do on Monday uh, after the races and, and people either clear inspections or don't clear inspections, and then basically all the things that have happened and then they levy all the fines, um, I think, on, on Monday or Tuesday. So uh, we will have to see. Like I said, I didn't see it. and But I know Noah has been involved in a few, I think, from last year. And then he's had some tough luck this year already, so I don't know if uh, he's feeling that, that pressure or um, if, if you're saying if uh, – or Daniel Hamrick, if uh, altercations happen on track. And, you know, it's one of those things also in the heat of the moment. You know, you see in other sports too where uh, somebody retaliates off of somebody and they, they probably shouldn't have and they didn't think about it and got, let their emotions get to them. So uh, when you're in a car or truck or whatever doing – hundred and something sometimes that you know you make a harassed decision and so I think sometimes it it is viewed differently than other sports I mean at least from my perspective it is a little bit because I think the fans do encourage it more so than they would you know in a baseball game like I think a lot of times if a pitcher intentionally hits a batter I think there's a pretty, you know, well-perceived or well-placed um, negative opinion on that pitcher for that moment um, in most cases. But, like, in this situation, and I don't remember exactly when it was during the race, but, you know, something happened during the race and it carried over to after, and it's that thing of, you know, you would think that the emotions, you know, might have settled down, you know, 20 laps later or 50 laps later, whenever it was. Um, so that's kind of what surprised me. And then the the degree that the fight went to, because, um, like I said, there were a couple punches that looked like they could have done some damage had they hit. Um, and... These are guys, they're not new, but they're not like, you know, Kyle Busch, you know, that level yet either. So it kind of always made me wonder what kind of stock um, gets placed on them as far as collecting goes. And you know, we talk about values in racing being low compared to football or basketball or baseball, but, you know, the fans are so much more into it and there's so much more... Um, uh, I'm, I'm blanking on the word here, but they're, you know, die hard for a driver or a, um, a brand or whatever versus, you know, football where a favorite player gets traded. You know, you might not like that player anymore depending on what, on what team they went to. So uh, there's definitely differences, and it just, you know, it's something I guess maybe to pay attention to at least from, for me, you know, trying to sink all this in as we go along. So I was looking online, and basically it stemmed from uh, Gruskin backing into Hemrick's car on pit road right. during a pit stop, and, right. Gra and Gra Gregson was upset because Hemrick's had slowed up his team's uh, pit stop after missing his pit stall, and then back into his own. So uh, 
Christian was showing his displeasure. And sometimes, you know, we're saying, you know, you need to stick up for yourself because uh, nobody else will do it. And sometimes, you know, and the fans react to that naturally. And so depending on how I guess, egregious it was or whatever, uh, and like any NASCAR has sometimes get into the cookie cutter thing where everybody is um, almost the same kind of a thing. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's nice to see, uh, you know, emotion from them. And, you know, I guess if it was us in that situation, how we would react. So, so, but it doesn't say anything about any kind of fines or anything. So it, it only happened, I guess it was uh, today. So, yeah, we're talking a few hours ago. I mean, so I'm with you. It's probably Monday or Tuesday. Um, but, you know, I thought it was something to bring up because it was timely in, you know, some, like I said, some guys are known for it. And you said it. I didn't. I wasn't going to. Uh, but, you know, Kyle Bush is one of those guys where it's like a love-hate thing uh, with fans. So I was kind of, you know, just curious picking your brain on these guys if they had a history or if, you know, they were um, not necessarily known for uh, being spirited, I guess is the nice way to put it. But, you know, if there was a collecting base behind them that was like, yeah, I love the attitude uh, because this guy, you know, he might not win every race, but he's there 150%, you know, giving it everything he has. So... Yeah, that's definitely, you know, Noah, as I said, you know, maybe the last year uh, he he missed the playoffs or missed moving to the round. Somebody had um, come, up, come up and passed him at the end of the race, and uh, he ended up coming up second. And then he had the race that he was winning, uh, and that other car, lap car in front of him had blown a tire, right? before he was coming up and, you know, Noah had a quite a few car lengths on the number two spot and ran right into that other car and basically ruined his day from winning. And then um, I could imagine that if Hemrick had come in and, you know, basically overshot his pit and then stopped him from having a flawless pit stop that you know, affects him and it had nothing to do. So it might be that frustration carrying over and you know he definitely wants to compete and he's definitely um giving it everything he's got but sometimes it's a little bit of luck as well um you know there you know we talked about with Dale Earnhardt trying to win Daytona and you know some of the things that happened to him that looked like he was going to win and and didn't and then you know finally to finally get that win so it's skill as well as, you know, uh, a little bit of luck or the way things happen on the track to right. uh, they go your go your way if, if your crew chief makes the right decisions and, and other stuff. So uh, it, it could be his, like I said, his frustration. So he, and Daniel Hemrick, he was in the Cup Series for a few years, and he's come down to the Xfinity Series. He was with Richard Childress Racing, so... I was one of those, I think, that Tyler Reddick had gone up and then uh, Dana Hemrick had, had come down. So, so him, you know, Hemrick's trying as well to 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 do well. So, 
Um, I don't know. I think I think Noah's got a lot of a bigger fan base. Um, and like I say, he's kind of a character, and and I don't know if you remember this or not, but I I can't remember which race it was, but he had won the race, and you know they have the the trophy uh, and the girl presenting the trophy, and Noah was trying to get a kiss from her, or whatever, um, and she was kind of pushing him away, and uh, you know he, he, I think eventually he, he got a date with her or whatever after the fact, but uh, he he's definitely you know he. he He's got all his emotions out there, and, and uh, I think he's destined to be one of the um, folks in Cup eventually. So, and then one of the things I wanted to talk about, Jason, was the 2021 Donors prices, where you know they came out at the low mid 70s. Uh, I think they kind of went up to about 80. Uh, you know, it, it, those boxes are loaded with the different inserts and as well as those fifth anniversary buybacks and stuff. And it seems like supply is drying up. I've seen a price increase uh, on the secondary market from the big three. I think some of them might actually be sold out, um, you know, with the retail, with the blasters and stuff. Uh, it seems like the blasters are drying up as well. And I don't say that they're not available, but, uh, you know, they're not on the shelves at the Walmart and Targets, and I really don't see blasters being sold, uh, you know, through the other big three or whatever, so you have to pretty much go hobby. But the prices are approaching about $100 now a box, if not more. I was looking on eBay, and they're actually going for like 125 130 on eBay. So I don't know kind of what's going on, but I don't know if you had seen some of that. Yeah, I kind of saw the same thing you're talking about on eBay. There are a couple listings still that are like uh, 125, 127. Uh, you know, just a few days ago, the 17th, there was a sale for 90 and 100. Um, so they've kind of spiked, and I'm I'm wondering if the spike from the past couple of days, because now we're at the, you know. 19th, 20th, that sell was the 17th, 18th. I'm wondering if, you know, Still City, Dave, Adam, Dave and Adams are blowout, if they all took them off their site on the same day, if they're legitimately sold out, um, or when those things occurred. You know, if, say, blowout is sold out, but Dave and Adams is deciding to hold, you know, and see what happens because, as we all know, things are crazy right now. You know, did they all kind of make the decision roughly the same time, um, you know, middle of the week, or is it purely coincidence that the prices have jumped? I mean, when you're talking 90, 100 to 125, um for anything, that's a pretty decent jump in a day or two, but for racing especially, uh, that's like exponential. Um, so, but then also to your point with the retail, it seems as if the blasters would hang around for a couple of days and then eventually sell out, and it seems that they're selling out the days that the store stocks. 
Um, I'm sure a lot of people know that it's usually a certain day in a store every week. And like where I'm at, a lot of stores do Friday. So Friday the stuff is sold out. There's some trickle over the weekend for some stuff. And when NASCAR first came out, the blasters and the value packs, the like five ninety nine packs, they would sit over the weekend and kind of fizzle out and sell out where it seems is now within that first day they're gone. Um, so I'm hoping, you know, the whole purpose of this show, get more people into racing cars, you know, and I'm hoping that is what's happening is people are buying because there's nothing else to buy right now. So, you know, I'm looking at David Adams. They have no 2021 donors. I'm looking at blowout cards. They have no 2021 donors. They have 2020 donors, but no 2021. Steel City is the only one who has 2021 donors. And it is at one hundred and seventy-five dollars. One seventy-five for a hobby box. Twenty twenty-one Panini Donruss Racing hobby box. One seventy-four ninety-five. Holy moly! That has to be. I don't. Want, I don't want to call it a cash grab because that's not the right terminology, but. With eBay prices being, we'll say, 120, 100 to 130, we'll say, and Blowout not having it, and DA not having it, that has to be still City pricing it to see what happens. Yeah, yeah. And then anticipating a bump and trying to be ahead of the bump. It's the only yeah, I mean, I, they, I, you know, I don't, you know, they can sell it for whatever they want. I, I'm just was is curious that, that um, neither of the other two have it, right? So usually you need more than one, um, right? You know, for the competition. So, um, but that's more, you know, what we're seeing on eBay with the one thirty something. So I was at a show today, and uh, you know, there wasn't very much Dunros twenty twenty one Dunros. There was just some hot. Um, blasters and then you know the hobby boxes are you know about the 125 range because you know, that's what's going on it on ebay so and it could be that everybody has jumped into this and has opened it up you got to remember there's only a few nascar products a year so if you're not opening 2021 20, dumbers what are you opening with right. the, the prices with the other uh, products. I don't know if you saw this or not. I don't know if you talked about it, but 2019 Prime. Everybody went after the 2019 Prime because it's, it's such a great product, but it had shot up from I guess the 170s to three something, 300 and something. And I, it looks like everybody is out of the. 2019 Prime. They have 2018 Prime for like 175, but I think everybody has depleted the 20 
19 prime. Oh, I take it back. Um, Steel City does have some, but they're, like I said, 350. While the 2018 is 175. And so usually they were about in the same ballpark. But that chain kind of changed the last couple of weeks. Right. One of the things I did notice, National Treasures is about 400 still, the 2020 National Treasures. So, you know, if you're a breaker, kind of what you're going after. And I don't think, you know, breakers go out, break dumbers, do they? I, I probably should know that, but I would think there's so many base cards in that that that's not something they, they would bust. So, so I, don't, I don't believe so. I, I mean, obviously somebody... I'm sure it does somewhere, but typically Donruss doesn't, um, or Donruss isn't broken, like you said, because of the base cards. And I think with NASCAR being so hard, not necessarily so hard to sort, um, but you're not looking at 30, 32 teams like you are for baseball, basketball, football. You're looking at, you know, there was a break that I did with somebody and they did either Chronicles or Prism from last year, and it was like 96 spots or, you know, something crazy like that. And I, I can see where the sorting is, you know, hell for a, a breaker. Um, and then you're talking base cards if you're doing Don Russ, and I can see where it's more difficult than trying to fill that many spots uh, I'm sure is difficult unless you have the right collecting, breaking, you know, base. Um, so, yeah, usually it's prime national treasures. I know Steel City is big on national treasures for racing um, for their breaks. But, you know, going back to the Donos price for 175 I remember buying... 17, I think 17 Donruss, the one with Jimmy Johnson on the box. Yep. Whatever that is, 17 or 18 for $20 for a hobby box. And if you had told me that 2021 was going to be 175 I probably would have laughed at you. You know, it's, that's just unbelievable. Yeah, like we're in... Um, what was that? It's like sticker shock. Yeah, that, and that's why I wanted to bring it up is... I started to notice this creep uh, last week where, you know, we were in that 180 range, and, and then I saw, like, 180 – I'm not – sorry, not 189, I'm sorry. Uh, 89 to then going into the low 90s. Uh, and this 175 is new to me. Like I said, I, I had seen it uh, at 99.95, I guess it was, just the other day. Um, and wanted to talk about it, and, and here we are at the 175. So I, it might be a float to see, um, you know, how bad people want it. They have it. You know, I don't know how that works for them or blowout or whatever for them to get restocked from the distributor. Maybe they're running low and they've got orders in because I would imagine – the distributor gets it from Panini, and they have a warehouse full of the product. And then um, these companies like Steel City and, and other and Blowout and David Adams, they get a refill. Is that how that works? Um, well, somebody like Steel City or DA or Blowout, it's going to come directly from Panini. Um, oh, okay. There's not going to be a middleman on that. It's kind of a, a, 
murky situation. Still City does so much that they're almost like a distributor. They're own distributor. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, it, it's weird. Um, they're like a distributor slash reseller. Um, just depends on what type of customer you are, I guess. Yeah, no, and now that you mentioned that, yeah, so like you can get a resale license and um, or wholesale license, whatever, and start doing business with, say, Tops or whatever, and then, you know, you get an allotment, and then each year you can increase that allotment, and eventually, you know, you do enough, and you can get it straight from the manufacturer. Otherwise, if you um, have a smaller allotment or you're not going through one of those, then you have to go to the distributor. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, and you're talking somebody, say, the size of Blowout, and as much as they're going through, they're not getting, you know, a half pallet of Dawn Rust boxes. They're probably getting three or four pallets seven feet high. You know, I mean, they're they're getting a ton of stuff. So, you know, more than, say, you or I would get as a hobby shop direct with Tops, you know, there's a chance. Uh, that I've heard rumors, I don't, you know, have any personal knowledge of this, but I've seen a lot of people saying that, you know, I had my direct order in with so-and-so, be it Tops or Panini or whoever, and then I wasn't, you know, high enough on the list or tenure or, or you know, however you want to say it, and their order got cut. And I've even heard that from hobby shops and distributors that, you know, if you want to, because of how crazy it is right now, if you want to order, say, National Treasures Racing, you also have to order Don Russ Racing, you know, or the same type of situation for baseball. If you want to order Tops Chrome, you have to order Opening Day, you know, kind of, we're going to help you, but you're going to help us at the same time. So it's definitely crazy out there, and if you if you find a deal, I would definitely take advantage of it because, you know, we're talking about Dawn Rush prices. Uh, two months ago, they were less than half of what they are now. So um, take advantage of stuff while you can, for sure. Yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on these prices and see if they stick or not. But uh, looking through, say, somebody like Steel City through their inventory, you know, looking for the sweet spot, uh, the one that jumps out of me, and you won't find, you won't be surprised by this, but the 2016 Panini certified at uh, $800. I had no box. idea that's what you were going to say, Val. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, what? at $80, I think you get two autos and two memorabilia, so as well as all those great rookie cards in there. So, I mean, really... Any box that you get, if you can get a hit for $20, I mean, which is basically what you're doing with a four-hit box for 80 you're averaging those out. If you can average $20, can um, really, it's probably not even the best card you'll get because, like you've said so many times, with 2016, it's more about the rookies. Um, and I'm sure some of those guys have hits, but those are almost bonus cards at that point. Yeah, the, some of the most of the blasters are still at the twenty dollar price point. 
Um, those, those are one hit, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, in a pinch, I guess. Um, but, you know, buying either a 10-lot box of blasters for 189 you know, or... You know, or buying the hobby box. And actually, uh, it doesn't look like they have 2016 certified uh, blasters, but they do have hobby. So uh, it just seems like a lot of the stuff is is drying up. Uh, or, you know, they they got it by case. So. And, uh, you know, they've probably been depleted <laughs> here the last few months. Uh, it's just been crazy times. I mean, I look back in the late 80s, early 90s, how um, it was wild, but I don't think this this current situation we're in, I think, blows that away. I, I can't imagine anything even being close to it. I, I think it's hard to compare also. I mean, because you're talking... 30 years ago, roughly, depending on what you know time frame you're talking. If you're talking 89 Upper Deck Griffey era, or if you're talking 84 Mattingly era. But for me, when 91 Stadium Club came out and it was $5 a pack, it was, you know, holy crap, like, that's, you know, two weeks allowance or, you know, whatever. But, you know, now we're talking a good prices. $80 a box, um, you know, 175 is the flagship Don Russ brand, you know, 130 175 whatever. I think it's one of those things where it's hard to compare because prices are so different. But I, this is – I was so young back then that I can only imagine this is what it was like, just that card fever everywhere and all the, the influx of people that were inexperienced – but learning on the fly. Yeah. And something I think is maybe the fear of missing out. Oh, for sure. Uh, I talk, we talked about it briefly um, before we came on the air, but I want to use the 1989 Max Dale Earnhardt as an example. You know, the PSA 9 had, had sold for basically $50 February 6th. Uh, here we are at the middle of the end of March, so basically a month and a half. So that uh, is not a PSA 10; that's a PSA 9, and that is the you know base card. A PSA 9 on February 10th sold for 400. So we went from 50 to 400. In four days, uh, and then there was another sale uh, of a nine for a thousand dollars, March third, and another sale of a nine for four hundred thirty-six on March fourteenth, one for five hundred on March fifteenth, uh, and. Uh, if you listen to the show, and I know we haven't talked about the 89 Max, but the 89 Max toolbox set is the one you want. Those cards, I find, are cut very well. And basically, I purchased two toolbox sets, 
and submitted both Earnhardt's, and they both came back tens. Uh, so, so that's a red box. That is the red box, yes. That is the toolbox set. Uh, and that's a complete set, 1 to 220. And you can get those toolbox sets for about, you know, 60 bucks or so. I have not looked lately how much they are. But if you're listening to the show, um, you know, that's one of the reasons why I do this is for education. So uh, the toolbox set is a great set to, to pick up. And uh, so basically what I'm, trying, I guess, trying to say is, uh, you know, you can pick up the toolbox set for forty or thirty dollars, or, or yeah, whatever it is, and you'll probably get a nine at least, maybe a ten. The centering is maybe the only issue with with it, but uh, it comes in like I said that that red toolbox set, and you open it up. It's got a little flap. You open it up, and then there is um, a tray in there that is the width of the card and then I believe it's maybe three or four rows and then the cards are placed in those rows so there's like stacks and it's cellophane so basically the, those cards are not really going anywhere they might move left to right the top few but they're not moving uh, top to bottom if that makes sense so uh, and then they're protected in that toolbox set so and then underneath that tray is a little paper pamphlet from Max talking about the the set, if I remember right. But, um, and I don't even know. I don't think a ten has sold here. And then if you get into the Crisco set, there is a twenty. I believe it's a twenty-five card set that is. It's got different photos than the other Max. But uh, Crisco sponsored a car. And, and so I think it was Greg Sachs possibly, but something happened in, in sponsorship with him and that fell through or whatever. So oh, I don't know if these Crisco sets actually made it out or not, but basically there was like a hundred pack display in the stores. And I, you know, if you, I don't know if you bought the Crisco and you can get the set for a discount, but uh, there is an Earnhardt in there and that is also experiencing a large amount of growth and you know the PSA 9s and 10s so looking back at that kind of same time frame uh, PSA 10 sold for 400 in, on February 10th so basically about a, a month and a half ago and then a, a 10 sold there for 525 and then the sets uh, are going, you know, for twenty or thirty dollars a set. Um, you know, if you're patient, you can probably pick up some of these sets cheaper than that. But I guess what I'm saying is that some of this is, you know, is, is very inflated. So just kind of maybe check some of the history and stuff. I, I hate for people to overpay for some of the stuff. And of course, you know, in ten or twenty years, maybe <laughs> these prices are cheap. I don't know. But I definitely want to let you guys know about what I've been seeing in the 1989 Max and also about uh, that toolbox set. There's two other sets. There is a peak set. So basically, it's card 1 to 100, and it's in a, a colorful box. Uh, and like I said, it's, I think it's yellow and black. It's 1 to 100. And then there is a uh, factory set, 1 to 220. But it kind of looks like 
it's in a 440 count box and it's got like some kind of sticker or label at the end, but supposedly those are, are factory sets. But the toolbox set, I think, uh, if you can swing it, is a, is a good one to add. So if you can find it for a decent price, at least take a look for those when you're at the shows or whatever. I try to pick them up yeah, whenever me, I can. Let me clarify on that because I misspoke. Um, because I was a little confused myself. Um, there is a metal box for 1994 Max as well. It's also red. Um, so I was a little confused. That's the one that's around $30. You are correct. And the 89 uh, toolbox set is around 60 or so on eBay. Um, but I'm not seeing any current listings. I only see sold or, you know, completed or whatever, but nothing active at the moment. So um, that doesn't happen very often on eBay. You know, usually if there's n none available, it's a pretty rare item. So we'll definitely keep an eye on it if you find one. I wouldn't I wouldn't wait too long to decide. Uh, it seems like they're a little harder to come by than most things. Yeah, like I said, I have the, I've had a great experience with those, so not if everybody's <laughs> looking at eBay. But also if you visit, if you have card shows in your area, whatever, to, to kind of keep an eye out for them, to your point. Uh, it, so this this toolbox is cardboard as opposed to that metal. That metal is the, I think you said, the 1994 or so. Yeah. And that 89 Max, that is, uh, like I said, 220 cards. So that is a very large set. Max went from 100 cards in 88 to the 220. Uh, there's a lot of first-time cards in that 89 Max set. So it's not just really buying the Earnhardt, but as well as some of the other, you know, legends and stuff, um, Jim, right. Junior Johnson and uh, Wendell Scott, as well as numerous others in that set. So. So, yeah, we're kind of in some uncharted territory. I know, you know, for the last couple of years we've been doing the show, it's been kind of steady, but all of a sudden here in the last month or two, things have really escalated quickly. So I think a lot of that goes into the timing of the season. You know, everything across the board, I mean, every sport, not everything, it, it happens. You know, when the season's going cards are up, values are up when the season's in the off-season, cards go down. You know, when a player or a team gets eliminated from the playoffs, cards go down. When they're winning, cards are up, you know. So it's one of those things where I think it's just right now with these increases for racing, it has to be the timing of season is live. You know, we're whatever, two months in, and it's just essentially just getting heated up, you know, not to cliche but I mean it really is we still have you know seven or eight months left um, so things are really getting rolling and you know that going back to the Don Russ you know if it really is 175 and it starts at 75 you know where will it be in July where will it be in October November so um, it, it's hard to tell but I'm excited to see what happens at the same time yeah, and one of the other boxes I was keeping an eye on is this 2020 Panini Chronicles. 
I believe it was, you know, it was like a hundred dollars for the longest time, and then it bumped to one twenty-five. It is now one fifty. Uh, I think oh, really? there's, yeah. So you know, we've talked about Chronicles. That's kind of where Panini put a lot of the rookies last year in in the Chronicles across the different the set, different sets in there. So in my mind, I've been kind of keeping an eye on it just because of the the Ty Gibbs and some other drivers. Um, and then back to the 2021 Dunros, Panini, to their credit, the checklist is kind of stacked. We talked about the rated rookies. A lot of them are current rookies in Xfinity and some of the other series. So, and then throw in all the other goodies as well. So that, you know, it was not that it's a bad product and, it's getting scarfed up. It's a great product, so I guess that's um, helping it. So the other one, I, like I said, was keeping an eye on is the Chronicle. So I might regret not getting it at 150. I don't know. We'll see. But it looks like, you know, everything is up across the board. It's funny you brought up Chronicles because I actually just, in my retail excursions, maybe two weeks ago, I found a box at Walmart, and I couldn't believe it because I had such a hard time finding it when it first came out that there were just like three or four boxes sitting there. And it, like, it was one of those things that, again, nobody wanted the racing and it was left over. And I, I snatched one and I did okay, but uh, just the shock of finding it was was awesome. Well, you, it made me think of a uh, friend of the show, uh, Logan, he was like how he was bored. I guess I think he said it was raining. He's a big biker, so uh, shout out to Logan. But uh, it was raining, so instead of um, you know sitting around a house, he went on a run to check all the targets and WalMarts, and he found quite a few of the Chronicles boxes. So it made me think of that when you were saying that. So mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if you call it a reload or what you call it. Maybe from the distributors are kind of cleaning out some of that. Maybe. Uh, yeah, basically. Uh, it's I, almost like really Panini haven't... found some in the corner and said, oh, hey, <laughs> take these. They're probably making room for all the prism yeah. and all the other stuff that's coming out of basketball. And it's like, oh, look, we've got stuff in the closet here. Ship this. We need to make room for you know, mm-hmm. 2021 Dunruss, uh basketball or whatever's coming out, So, which we're we're all happy to, uh, to get. So, yeah, it's just uh, interesting time. So hopefully – you know, everybody's getting some value out of the show. Out of the show, and hopefully, um, again, if you guys have questions you want to answer on the show, please, you know, tweet. You can tweet me at NASCAR Radio on Twitter, uh, also on Instagram, and we will answer those on the show if you have uh, questions. So, we're trying to work through some of these older sets. We're going to uh, talk about the 1980 Max next week. That's one of those iconic sets that kind of started NAS, uh, NASCAR trading cards uh, and started a, I don't know, it was 30-something years of continuous sets through different manufacturers, but started that that set back in 88, so to where we are now. So, But hopefully everybody's enjoying the show and, and getting stuff out of it. Again, if you have questions, and we appreciate everybody listening, you know, like and share the podcast. I don't know, Jason, do you have any, anything else on this today? No, I don't think so. I think you pretty much covered it all. I mean, I think that the sharing the podcast besides listening is probably the most 
important thing I can ask for, um, you know, just getting it out there and letting everybody else hear it. Yeah, and don't, you know, have that fear of missing out. For the most part, a lot of stuff, cards will, you know, reappear on eBay. There's probably only a handful of cards that if you miss, you know, it might be months or years until uh, you see another one. But for the most part, they, they show up. So I, it just seems like right now anything graded, folks are just snapping up. I don't know if it's because of the time to get your your card or whatever that you – or player or driver you're looking for graded. It'll take such a long time, but uh, I, I don't know if that's what's driving some of these prices up. But uh, it just seems like uh, – I think I had seen – we talked about Chris Chris said there was a lot of 20 for like $600. Uh, that seems very excessive on that. But, again, I could be totally wrong here in the future, so – but uh, that's the only thing I can tell you about from all the years of myself collecting is to have a little sometimes patience. Uh, I don't know Dale would do a little story here, but it was an 87 Dunruss I was working on a set, and I think it was Stan Jefferson, and I think I needed him for my set. And uh, I, I don't think it was a short print. There were some short prints. I guess it was 87, but they wanted $3 for it, and I ended up paying for it thinking that, uh, you know, uh, he was going to be, good and um so if i would have waited i probably could have got it a lot cheaper but anyway probably uh, now. <laughs> yeah so it kind of taught me it kind of stuck with me about having patience i don't know jason if you run into situations like that sometimes you know being emotional with it but it, it, sometimes I, it can cost you i'm not trying to extend this podcast any longer than it already has been but you you brought it up so i'm gonna blame you um <laughs> We we are both Mets fans, um, you know, East Coast people. I am a Nationals fan more so than anything right now. But um, I'm a huge fan of Brandon Nimmo. And I had a patch card of him numbered out of five. And we were going through a rough patch and... I thought, okay, easy thing for me to do, sell some cards, you know, that's the stuff that it's, it's a piece of cardboard in the end, you know, sell it, pay a couple bills, you know, whatever. Sold this card, I hated to sell it, but at the same time, it was one of those, I'd rather sell one card for 40 than 10 cards for $4 a piece, you know. So I sold the card, didn't think too much of it, and I was like, ah, if it ever comes back for sale, I'll get it. I now own that card again. <laughs> It actually came up for sale on eBay, and I bought it for less than I sold it for, um, probably about 12 to 18 months after I sold it. So it can happen. For sure it can happen. That's pretty uh, interesting uh, story there. That's sometimes, you know, just when you have stuff figured out, I always say that it changes on you. So. When you make emotional, I guess, purchases, whatever, I guess you you, you run the risk. Um, and I think that fear of missing out is really strong in the hobby community right now with um, some of the folks talking about, like, top shots, which, you know, we really haven't talked about, and some of these other things where people are speculating on it and people are afraid of missing out on you know that what everybody else is doing. So 
it's, it, I think it's a real thing. So mm-hmm. just be cognizant of it. That's all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Uh, sorry for that little extra rant, but you know, like I say, we're doing the show to, to try to share some of our experiences and, and our information that we've learned to make it enjoyable. The last thing I want is folks to feel like maybe they've been ripped off or something like that and then, and leave the hobby. So at the end of the day, though, it is, it is fun to collect and, and uh, maybe speculate on folks before other people know about them. So it, it's always a lot of fun. So anyway, so I'll, I'll stop talking. Thanks, everybody, again for listening, and we will talk to you next week.